0: Hi, my name is Isabella Johnston, and I am the Intern Whisperer. And today's tip of the week is about multi-generational culture. You want to avoid stereotypes and ageism. The most common traps that you need to avoid when managing a multi-generational workforce are these stereotypes. Unfortunately, it's all too easy to stereotype and it doesn't help that there are many stereotypes floating around about different generations. The truth is you can't stick the same label on different employees just because they belong to one generation, whether it's baby boomers or if it's Gen Z or millennials or Gen Y. In the same vein, you should avoid ageism which refers to any thought patterns, prejudices, or actions towards a person that are solely motivated by the age factor. Welcome to the Interim Whisper, Brigida Erblick. I'm very excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I love your hat. Thank you. Super, <laughs> super cool. It's going to be part of the story, I'm going to guess. I just love close hats. Oh, wow. <laughs> it looks great okay so one of the things that i do with all of my guests is i ask them to say five words that they use to describe them it lets our listeners know a little bit more about you about how you got started and how you see yourself and what it is the value you have to bring to others but why those five words so what are your words and you can go in any order
1: well um we'll start with the five words, I guess, um, holistic would definitely be top of my mind and, um, I'm determined and, um, caring, very caring. I'm an explorer and, uh, I have integrity Those are really good
0: words. And I like them because I've never had anybody say explorer. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that word. So holistic. And I've never had anybody say holistic, but I
1: know the story about that. So why did you pick the word holistic? It's just who I am. Um, And it's what I believe in. So I'm very passionate about uh, living a holistic life and I also believe that it has a lot to do with education and, and how our brains work and things of that nature. So yeah, hol- holistic is it's, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: the, the goal is always to educate some of our listeners. And sometimes we have young ones that are listening to us. So how would you define holistic for them? So it,
1: it's a lot about, it's everything all in together, right? So think of whole more like with a W. As opposed to an H, so we're spelling it incorrectly. I know, but mm-hmm. think of it as the whole person. So it's everything around you, in you, your thoughts, your um, the foods you eat, everything. Spiritual, it physical, can be spiritual, emotional. Absolutely, mental. And it's different for every person, um, but definitely, it also goes into the way that I care for myself medically. So I choose more of the non-traditional ways, you know, acupuncture or massage or things of that nature, Uh, Reiki and things that are non-traditional, more Mm. more Eastern as opposed to Western. Okay. So I was at PodFest this weekend
0: and so were you. Yes, I was. There was a Reiki, am I saying it right? Reiki. 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 There was a Reiki puck podcast and I really don't know a whole lot about it. And some of our listeners won't either. What is, what is Reiki?
1: So I'm not an expert in Reiki, but it is, it has to do with um, the it's pressure points and things like that. But I I'm definitely not an expert on that. I did go to at podcast, the red tent experience. That was very nice. It's kind of put a, uh, a mood with going through a meditation first and and centering the mind, and that was really excellent. Um, I also went to that same person's training, uh, or I should say, talk, and she talked about the energy of the room, how to read energy in the room. So th- it's it's all that. It's what people call woo woo stuff. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: cool. Um, All right. So you said explore. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about an explorer.
1: I love to travel. I love to experience. I love to learn. Um, So when I go places, I am always wanting to dive into wherever I'm at. I don't want to go necessarily to the touristy places. I'd rather go where the locals go. Mm-hmm. You know, what do they eat? What are they wearing? The music that they, they listen to. Um, so getting, I like to just explore, like literally just walk and discover. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Okay. So caring, mm-hmm. I definitely, I would use that <laughs> word to describe you. Yes.
1: Yes. So I cannot help, but care for people. I just, I will always put others before myself, especially children. Um, I cannot help myself. It's just who I am. I can't turn it off. So do you have children? No, no, that's okay. Neither do I, but I can tell you, I
0: absolutely love them. I teach Sunday school, with three-year-olds, that's like my favorite age. Mm -hmm. So I I get what you're saying there. That's okay too. (laughs) Determined
1: so i don't tend to give up too easily i i am very determined to when i set my mind to something that's it mm-hmm. i am i'm am going full force and i'm going to go to whatever that thing is that i'm going to so i'm I'm determined to not give up mm. <laughs> and then your last one is integrity well yes that's a kind of a thing that doesn't really exist much i find Nowadays, a lot of people don't have integrity, um, but I just, you know, what I, I say, what I'm going to do, or I should say, I do what I'm, i say I'm going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of other words attached to it, like trust and honesty. I mean, these are things that I just find lacking in today's society. Values they right? are valued, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. I
0: experienced uh, last week. I well during Podfest while we were away at that a gentleman that I've been um, doing some business with. I'm not going to go into too many details. Originally, I was going to sell something and it was $10,000. And because, you know, I wasn't able to complete the the transfer of the organization and dealing with the IRS, uh, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, you might only be able to do it for this price. And I went, you know what? That's fine. (laughs) Just go ahead. Uh, he reached out and he said, well, you've been doing all of the work on this. He said, so we want to pay you as a consultant. And so we're going to do this price. It's now it went up a whole nother level. And he said, nice. I'm going to try and get the whole value, full value. And I said, wow, oh. he said, you got to do what the right thing is to do. And so mm-hmm. it comes back to that word that you were just describing integrity. And he mm-hmm. said, it's just the right thing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I can respect that a lot for sure. So how did you get from, where did you go to school, college, it can be high school, but you know, if you didn't go to college, it would definitely be high school, but where did you go to college and how did you end up where you are today? Because it's the journey and people love hearing the journey because you're going to see that people will resonate a lot with those five words, but also
1: with your story. So my, my story is sometimes makes me cringe. <laughs> ah, I love so, my story. Yeah. So I, um, I went to school and was born and raised in Canada. You don't have any Canadian accent. Hey,
0: <laughs> there you go. There's the word, but,
1: um, but I have European parents, so they, I wasn't living in a home that had that Canadian kind of a influence. Yeah. Right. Because my influence was European. So I didn't really have that. But uh, when I came to the United States in the mid-1990s, um, I went ahead and had my uh, schooling, if you will, evaluated by Joseph Sillen and Associates, and they do uh, colleges and universities explaining, you know, international- Credentialing, is yes. it? Yes. Well, j- just explaining what, what it is you have in the American equivalency. And so um, it ended up I had two AS degrees, I had one in recreation leadership, and one in early childhood education. The early childhood education one is the one where I've spent a good 30 (laughs) years (laughs) of my life, um, because I'm very, very passionate about how children are raised, um, and how the schooling system is or maybe it should not be. And yeah, so I don't necessarily agree with, with the schooling system. And so I'm very, very passionate about that. And you I, mean like more of the mainstream traditional public schools, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with, with how things are done. I mean, it's it's centuries old and times have changed and, and things have changed. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was there when we were looking at how we would
0: um, create that accelerated method of delivering education um, to the masses and they were creating production lines and all different types of uh, ways of improving processes. And Mm -hmm. so it did serve that purpose at that point in time, take you out of the one school with all of the grades together but you're right. And now the world has changed again and we're working remotely and we're not in traditional schools Mm -hmm. anymore. And how do we look at education? It's
1: very different. It is very different. And we need to move with the times. Mm -hmm. Part of
0: what a being in school is, I believe it's socialization Mm -hmm. so that children will learn how to share, Mm -hmm. how to not use their Fists or their feet, <laughs> um, learn the art of negotiation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So those are key uh, and learn how
1: to manage emotions. Of course. Yeah. And that all has to be done at a very young age mm-hmm. when and we have is. that window, right? Yeah. There's a window that goes from like three to, uh, seven ish. And, um, that is when the, the brain is developing those social and emotional and cognitive, parts of the brain and that's what we should be focusing on during those years i agree yeah Yeah.
0: and we know that children are like sponges oh yes and they absorb they see everything they're listening they say things that uh we may as parents or people of influence in their lives uh regret saying yeah yeah anyway so you went to school you went to college Mm -hmm. and it was early childhood education so what did you do with that?
1: So while I was going through that, um, I just, like I said, I had this passion for that age group, especially of three to five, um, because it's such a critical time frame. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of studying and a lot of reading because I was so just amazed at the brain. I did a lot of brain study and I ended up, designing my own school, like on how I feel it should be done. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't design just a preschool on paper. I did everything from conception to the end of high school and I've got it all, all written out. So when you say conception, you don't mean
0: conception of the idea you mean from conception of a child. Yes.
1: So I have an idea of how you know, it starts right from the parents when, while the child's in the womb. Yep. It starts right then. And it's, it begins then. Mm.
0: Yeah. So go ahead and expand on that. What, what was your, your creative process there? How, how did you envision it? And then tell
1: us about the school. So the school is no more like I did have the school, but um, I, I don't have the school anymore. So I, it started out with, 20 years of just studying and writing and, and figuring out at what age certain things should happen. Um, and I, I'm not going to go through the whole entire thing, Sure, but to give you an idea, um, I, I had it broken down in pods, if you will, of almost, it was almost like three or four years together at a time. So it, it, it's not divided by an age Mm -hmm. because you can't say someone is, you know, six years old or whatever, and has to be in grade one, because there is a range. Every child is different, right? And so if you have them grouped together instead of a few different ages together, then it's going to let everyone develop at their own rate. And this way, if someone is a little bit behind, it doesn't matter. And if social learning, exactly. And if someone's a little bit ahead, it doesn't matter because the ones that are are ahead, they're not going to get bored and be troublemakers, as, as they sometimes get labeled, they instead will become helpers and they will get involved with, because they know more. So they'll want to help their peers and the ones that may be struggling a bit, they benefit from that. So everybody wins in that kind of environment. Um, and so it was, it was broken down that way in groups, as mm-hmm. opposed to singular years. Mm-hmm.
0: That reminds me of the traditional old school where it was yes. all of the ages together in one school building. Yes. I'm going back to some of my favorite books. Uh, Laura Ingalls, Wilder, little house in the prairie, <laughs> pick any of those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Traditional old so. schoolhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nice. Um, so you said that you took it all the way up to high, high school. school. So are you still grouping kids together based on abilities? It sounds like abilities, capabilities.
1: So when they're younger, they're all grouped by age anyways, but Mm -hmm. when they were younger, um, the, the focus is a little different, but then when they're older, they're more choosing things that interest them because that's a better learning environment. Mm -hmm. So they're not being forced to take something that's not going to serve them later in life. So, and then plus there's more, can you
0: give us some examples? Because (laughs) I've been at your school. I remember your school. That's how we met. Yes. But you had different stations set up in the school.
1: Yes. So um, at the preschool level, it's, it is more about learning how to control yourself and resilience and emotions, but that doesn't mean they're not learning other things. They're still learning about math and sciences and, and, we had a garden outside they were learning about growing and patience because things take time to grow and then they'd pick it then they'd eat it and so it was just um it was just a lot more different and slower in a way at the child's pace Mm -hmm. not at the instructor's pace Mm -hmm. so this way there's no frustration and and things of that nature Mm -hmm. yeah it
0: sounds like it reminds me of, I had a different client also, she was in fashion and there was fast fashion and slow fashion. And so I'm equating it to the, the pace of life and understanding can, I'm going to use one of your words again, connecting mm-hmm. to what is really happening in life. So it's a, a mindful experience. Mm. And if I'm using your example, I'm looking at how something I plant the seed, I'm watching the process to see how the plant grows. I can then nurture it, pick it, clean it, eat
1: it. It's the full cycle. The full cycle. And that includes everything, not just with the, the garden outside, but even when it came time, for example, in preschool, they usually have a snack. It wasn't just brought to them. They were involved with the creation of it. So they knew what was in it. They knew what things were that, an average person may not know. They knew what a chia seed was. Like they knew, you know, they just, they, they just knew what stuff was. And they knew that if, if somebody had protein or if it had, it's just because you talk about it. They're like, there's, you said, they're sponges, right? They can pick up on all this stuff and mm-hmm. they learn and we shouldn't treat them like they can't. They, they know a lot more than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I find yeah. that true about even adults because i worked a lot of my life also in adult learning and i think that many adults they lose that propensity to engage that childlike wonder yeah. and curiosity yeah and if they allow that to bubble back up they can actually experience it and be connected, like yeah. what you're saying to what is really
1: going on to another person. Absolutely. And it is interesting when you give them that opportunity, because we also talk to them about emotions. So they could now recognize other emotions in their friends mm-hmm. <laughs> at mm-hmm. such a young age. And they knew when it was okay to Maybe I shouldn't, you know, let that person have their space because they need their space or that person does want me to be near them. They can learn those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I remember there was a place in your school where the child could go and sit and breathe and breathe, and they could turn the sign to indicate what their emotion was when they were in that little, um, protective space.
1: Yeah. It was their safe space Mm -hmm. and the, um, breathing exercises were very important because it helped regulate themselves Mm -hmm. and everybody else knew that that child needed their space. So they stayed out of their space and no one got hurt.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I'd love the fact that it could stop school fights. Mm. I taught high school and middle school. It would be nice if they, because your hormones are racing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being able to be in control of that. That would be wonderful.
1: So what was the name of this wonderful school? So I actually named it after my, my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had named it, it is my name, Airblock schools, but I had named it after my parents. That was the whole point of it. And I never created it for anything except to put it out in the world and to go forward beyond my life. It was, it was never intended really for anything else. I just wanted to set a better system out there and get it going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of parents that like your
0: method. Mm -hmm. It reminded me a lot of uh, Montessori type, but it was an elevation.
1: It was a combination. There was some Montessori in it. There was some Waldorf, which is another style in it. There was, you'll have to explain that one too they're, they're just all different styles of teaching. Um, it's, it takes a long time to explain all the different styles of teaching, but what I, I it's basically, I combined all these different styles that are out there, but I mixed them up and added my own little secret sauce, if you will. So it had a little bit of, of those other kind of alternative versions that are out there, but they weren't, cut and dry to their way it's mm-hmm. still left room for growth you know mm-hmm. so. yeah
0: i like that they're very experiential yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah so cool so the um you're very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. what other types of businesses or industries
1: sectors have you been in so surprisingly, before I started Arabic schools, I was already practicing my sales skills. Mm-hmm. And I was and still am a an associate for an organization, an organization called Legal Shield. And um, that is providing affordable access to lawyers, which all of us need in today's day and age. So I got a lot of practice of business skills, sales skills, and and things of that nature from that, which I then used into the school.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Is there any other ventures that you have dipped your toe into?
1: Not quite yet.
0: Hmm. I thought I remember you also doing something
1: with, um, was it aromatherapy or something? So I did aromatherapy in the school. Ah, yeah. So in the school, the environment was very important, and how the air how the whole emotion and everything of the environment was so i had um I had aromatherapy going throughout the school mm-hmm. to to create moods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would change it at nap time.
0: <laughs> oh really? okay, so what was the n- the nap time experience?
1: Um so the nap time was also the the child. Choosing, right? So we wouldn't make them do anything. Um, if they wanted to be awake, that's fine. They just had to learn to be quiet. So Mm -hmm. they had to learn practice quiet skills, reading a book, you know, playing with a puzzle, anything that was quiet. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And not disturbing their
1: neighbors. Nope. Yeah. So they weren't forced to do anything. So what I love
0: about aromatherapy is the ability, it uses a lot of sense that tap into re- uh, releasing stress, mm-hmm. but also energy. Yes. So citrus or um, lemons and oranges were bright in the room. Yeah. They yeah. always felt really good and fresh. Um, I think it's lavender is what's you relaxing. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what frankincense is for. Can't remember either. That's the spicy one. <laughs> so yeah, but um, I found that one really, really nice also it was kind of like a patchouli. Yeah. And those, those were lovely, lovely scents. So you don't have that business any longer?
1: No. Um, unfortunately I, I, um, you know, that saying location, location, location. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I had the wrong location.
0: Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That I, but the products themselves were super. And I remember that also. So anyway, you have had your uh, fingers and and toes dipped in a lot of those areas. And there's always a takeaway that we can gain from, I've done the same thing. I've sold books, I've sold uh, different types of makeup or skincare products. I've sold, um, I was going to do Pampered Chef even at (laughs) one point in time, but there's like a lot of things that I've done as Mm -hmm. side products. Uh, trying to figure it out during that time. And what I decided to do was to focus on business plans, things that are always about educating. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, my intern pursuit, which is now Employers for Change came out of. Um, but you are an instructional designer. So you made a complete shift into yeah. it. because. But I think it's true to who you are, to be honest. You're an educator. Yeah,
1: I would pick that word to describe you. It's It's hard to get away from who you are. Yeah. So, uh, when I closed the school, I needed to step away from what I've been doing for the past, you know, 20, 30 years. So I needed to do something different, but I still needed to do education. So I ended up in the adult field, which I had never considered before or thought about Mm -hmm. before. I didn't even know what instructional designer was. I didn't even know it was a profession. So I started out as a facilitator uh, teaching, you know, corporately, but then from there was led into the instructional world.
0: Yeah. It's so beautiful because um, we were talking about that with a previous guest, a couple of them, what an instructional designer is. And for any new listeners that are coming in, they're the ones that create that content.
1: Online training.
0: Yes. And they, um, start with a pre-test normally the training modules a post-test and make some recommendations of some Mm -hmm. follow-up activities. Yep. Yeah. So there's a certain level of um, art skills because if you're designing, it's not just the curriculum, right? I'm
1: not a graphic designer. So Mm -hmm. when I want to confuse that, I'm the one that puts it together. So I, I I write a script according Mm -hmm. to whatever needs to be done. And I do the audio of the script, but I, but I put icons or images that are pre-done. I'm not drawing or designing anything, but I make them move mm-hmm. so that it's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they come in and go out or whatever. Yeah. Spin some or whatever. Anim- animations, yeah, 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 transitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I
0: can do some of that in PowerPoint. Um, thank goodness PowerPoint is such a good tool for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like I'm not a graphic designer. I learn a lot from graphic designers.
1: Yeah. I'm not a graphic designer, but I too have learned a lot about layout from them and, and colors and spacing but i'm not a graphic designer have you ever used canva i've heard of canva haven't used it what super easy what i use is called um articulate so i use storyline 360 and rise 360 which is basically PowerPoint on some major steroids. Mm -hmm. It's definitely for people
0: that are instructional designers. I know that. Yeah, that is for sure. Mm -hmm. Because it allows you to add, you know, the music and, you know, lay your voice track over it and do so much with it. So yeah, yeah. The um, Canva, what's really nice is if you're not an artist, which I am not, I want to (laughs) be, but I can create some beautiful graphics and I lay those on top of my slides and it looks Ah. like it's Totally, totally more than clip art, which is what I'm usually using. Right. right. So I can say, Hey, you might want to try your hand at that one too, because you can download them and put them really on some beautiful PowerPoints. So I love the fact that you've been in, in again with adult learners. Tell me what your observations are about the difference between adult learners and how you see children. I know I mentioned a couple of things, but what are your
1: thoughts? It is quite different. Um, if I have my druthers, I prefer the children. Sure. And it's just because they are more open and they don't have a lot of baggage. And when you're teaching, they're, they're so wanting it. Mm-hmm. With adults, quite often it's because they have to or they, you know, they don't really want to. They're thinking about their grocery list. They're thinking about what they're going to do next. Um, their attention span is surprisingly shorter yes. than children. Yeah. And typically, one of
0: the things I remember in my education courses, it said that a child, their attention span is one minute for every year they are up to about, they said like 10, and then you can kind of expand it a little bit more. I think it was even six, really. With adults in my adult education classes, they said 45 minutes. With the pace of technology and how people consume information... I don't think 45 minutes is the attention
1: span any longer. No, you have to do it in bite-sized pieces. So even when I'm creating trainings, mm-hmm. even if I have a big topic, I will break it down into little micro topics mm-hmm. so that they're just getting what they need. And then they can take that moment of break Okay, then they can get what they need. And so how so, long do you plan it for two minutes, five? It, it d- depends on the topic, but yes, I'll keep it within mm, five. Five is about as far as I really like to go because, because the beyond that I've lost them. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think um
0: at Podfest where we were um I think that in one of the conferences and I say I think cuz there was like I went to there was so a many. lot there was so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but people make decisions in the first um 10 seconds. I think is what I heard. Yeah. And just by watching on either the video because a lot of podcasts are video if they're going to go yes or no. That's correct. Which is the magic of TikTok. Mhm. Have you thought about using any TikTok uh, type of, you know how the videos are kind of, they jump a lot um, Mm -hmm. instead of being a smooth video where, you know, it's seamless and the messaging is all there. Part of the, I guess the intrigue, the value of TikTok is it's it is, raw. I call them jump, jump cuts. I was going to say it's just raw. <laughs> well, they actually make it according to what I've been reading is it's not like raw video, but they, they take just chunk it and mm-hmm. then they make it seem that there's a, a gap, a jump cut, uh, if you will, so that it's connecting and it keeps you more interested because of that yeah. break yeah. between the content. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I find it very distracting for myself, but I guess it's really appealing to a, you know, more of like gen Z and, um,
1: alpha gen alpha probably. Cause I am not a TikTok person. So.
0: Uh, they're pretty interesting to watch though. I like, oh, I've seen some and they're hilarious,
1: yeah. but I'm not really
0: into it though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. It's there. So, What, once you've done all of this in the education realm, um, let's go back to Herblich schools and talk about that a little bit more. Um, you had it all the way going up to high school. What was on paper on paper? Okay. So tell us more about the school and what ages you were working with there.
1: So when I had the school open, I started with where my degree was, which is early childhood. So that I, I only was focusing at first with the three to fives, okay. which is that first pod, which is so that all those threes and fours and fives were all together, right? Mm. They, they weren't separated into separate little rooms, which right. makes no sense to me. But anyways, um, yeah. So I had all three of them together and they grew together and they got to stay with their friends longer and they built relationships that were stronger. And I just,
0: how would that have worked for like, um, elementary school? Like what levels pods would stay together? Um, is it about every three years, every three. So it would have been first, second, and third, fourth, fifth, and six, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine. 10, 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And honestly, schools in the Midwest are set up 10th grade through twelfth, But they're still separate grades. Middle school in the Midwest, which is different from here, was um, six, no, seven, eight, nine, they were together. Um, And so then they had everything else Underneath.
1: But were they together in the same room or just together in the same building, but still together by in the age? same
0: building, um, put together in, um, put into ability levels and into grades, okay. grade seven. So they would put ability levels, meaning honors, gifted honors standard, and then also, um, at risk or they called them basic, mm-hmm. um, kids that were definitely at risk. Now, if they had put them together based on abilities all into one classroom, that would have been very different. That's really, when you have that many kids and you're talking thousands of kids in a school, one to 2000, it's pretty hard (laughs) to put them all together like that. But if you had put the ability levels together, it might've been just like what you were describing, Mm -hmm. the um, more accelerated um uh, progressed students would be able
1: to help the the ones that were lagging sure and don't forget too that when they get into that high school range i had them more choosing where they wanted to go so
0: like based on it, interests yeah, yes like so if they want to take
1: german or spanish or french right like so that they could pick their language and they could pick you know auto shop and actually learn how to change a tire and you know all these other things um, but th- so they could pick and choose and learn things as opposed to being told you have to take chemistry or you have to take algebra, you know, why? Yeah, I didn't experience that.
0: Um, at least not down here. I was able to pick my classes Mm -hmm. regardless. If I, I had to take a math, for example, of course, I could pick the math, whatever type of math I wanted. Um, my parents had some, you know, obviously some uh, input. Input? On that. <laughs> input. Yeah. And my dad was a math person. So yeah. of course, you know, that was important. Um, if we were on the track for college, there was recommendations, of course, as to what we should take. Too. And And
1: you should, you should take things that mm-hmm. are going to go towards what your interests are and mm-hmm. where they're going to lead because you're going to do better
0: that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so. we also at the time here, the high schools here in Florida were offering shop, like mm-hmm. what you were describing, they had driver's ed. Oh, that's um, good. They had, uh, it's called food preparation, not nutrition. A, uh, it could be nutrition also. They had different names for it than home economics, <laughs> which uh, I was born in Kansas. So, you know, that area of the world had a different name. It wasn't called nutrition or, right. Or food preparation. (laughs) Um, it was home economics. So basic life skills, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nice. Anyway, going back, um, to, to that, I love the fact that your school, as I mentioned, uh, earlier, it was just very
1: innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you're going to bring that back at some point in time. So if the opportunity was to present itself Mm -hmm. and the timing was, was looking good, I, and an investor maybe. Well, yeah, I definitely would revisit it because I, I think this is even the time for something. It's not finished. It's just not finished. There's so much to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
0: can see that. Well, we're going to take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor and then we will be right back. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And now we are back to our show. So in this part of our show, we talk about the future of jobs and industries in 2030. So what are your thoughts about COVID and the impact that it's had on jobs and just the future? We also look at it going into 2030. What are your thoughts? Well,
1: 2030 is not that far away. Let's, it let's is just not. focus on
0: that first of all. It's so eight years. <laughs> right, exactly. And seven and a half.
1: <laughs> COVID for me was very interesting. And I, I, I want to mention the experience that I had because prior to COVID, um, where I was working was already beta testing working remotely. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was already a thing kind of that, that we were trying out, we were doing Adobe connect, you know, to try with the facilitators to do online training. So, so we already, we were beta testing it. It had already been going for, oh gosh, not a year, but several, several, several months, we'd ever even beta testing. So then when all of a sudden, bam, everyone had to, one had to go home, it wasn't so bad because we'd already been testing and trying stuff out. So for us, it worked out okay. And um, all of the modules that were being facilitator led now had to be put into modules online. So I never lost work, whereas I know a lot of people did, but mm-hmm. I had more work than I did before COVID hit, and so I've been crazy busy, trying to to get everything done. So I've had some pretty good job security being an instructional designer.
0: Mm, I would think so. <laughs> this particular industry, it's one of the things that I have researched and studied. It's part of my uh, business model, is just massive. The growth opportunity and the demand for customized—we're going to call yeah. it customized—more of a customized learning approach is just off the charts. It is just like online recruiting. And now with the ability to have more of a customized learning experience, it's not gonna stop. So you are mm-hmm. in a very good position. I right agree. Now. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's
1: a very needed uh, industry. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that was one of the things that I had said to employers and schools before COVID hit. I said, oh, we need to be doing remote internships. And they would all the people at the schools would go no that's not what we're going to do and even some employers, but things have changed and now everybody's going oh yeah I guess it's possible
1: but let's not forget Disney right when you went into the um, the big Epcot ball and that tour the tomorrow whatever it was yeah They, they had that ride they had all these children in front of screens going all you know from place to place to place so. Here we are. Yep. Virtual you know?
0: reality, augmented reality. Yep. It's totally there. So remote blended on-site, flexible work. We've touched about it. What is your preference?
1: So um, I do like a mix personally, because um, it is nice to still have a little bit of that human every once in a while connection, but that human connection can be more on the fun side of things too. So yeah, um, you you can definitely teach on online, like for example with Adobe Connect, which is what we've been using. Uh, the facilitators, they're they're there. They're talking to their people. Everyone's on camera, but you also are losing a little bit of reading body language. There's some other things that are going on that you're missing out on. Um, so it'd be nice if there could be some some blend. But here's what I what I really really like about Um, having an instructional designed module. See, when I was a facilitator, there was four of us uh, in the corporate world. We had four different trainers and there wasn't consistency because we all had our own way of teaching. Sure. We all had our own kind of methods. And personality too. Absolutely. And so when the people came, when, when new hires came out of class, they weren't always all the same because they didn't always get all the same information. Now, when you have a module, you are guaranteed the same content. However, there's still perception, right? Not everyone perceives the information the same way, but you've got a much better chance of people coming out with the right information with a module that's been properly worded, vetted, (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say, you've got a better chance of, of, outputting good students. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I, yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just like when I go into any type of facilitating a workshop or a corporate retreat, if I do those or in my own courses that I design, I, you always have to get everybody with a definition, make sure we're all on the same page mm-hmm. and then you're moving them forward so that we can address any questions, concerns, but the concepts are are. Uniform. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I personally, I get my energy from being around people. So I found it really hard to be in a situation where I was interacting with people just solely online. Yeah. I also have to have a separation between where I sleep and live (laughs) and where I work. Sure. And I did not like that at all. It was, it felt like prison to me. Wow. And I'm an extroverted personality. So I get more energy from
1: others. And it's funny because I, if someone would have asked me pre COVID to work from home, I probably would have said no, because I do like being around people very much. So But I also found that once I went home, I I learned some new things. I was more productive than I'd ever been. There was less distractions. I didn't hear people talking over the cubicle. There weren't people coming in and bugging me. There there wasn't phones and noises and all these kinds of things. I actually produce more now than I did before. And I wouldn't have known that unless I experienced it. Mm. So I'm getting more sleep because now that drive time is no longer there. So I, I have found I'm eating better because I'm in, I have a kitchen nearby, right? I can have proper food as opposed to (laughs) a bag lunch. Um, so I just, I have found surprisingly your
0: work-life balance is better.
1: It's more of a life work balance. Yeah. I have a better life working from home and I have no intentions of going back to an office.
0: Mm. That's, that's the best piece of advice I've heard for the whole year. (laughs) I like the fact that you uh, flipped it. So it was life work Mm -hmm. instead of work life Mm -hmm. uh, because your focus has totally shifted.
1: Totally. Yeah. I'm happier. I'm healthier. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm envious, (laughs) but that's okay. I still, I still like being in the office though, for sure. Um, I need that separation and I, I definitely recognized it. What do you think about robots, AI, uh, you know, artificial intelligence? Obviously, augmented, virtual realities. Um, what do you think about all of those? So, and how do you see that moving into 2030? More of it. What do you What do you think it's going to look like? And yeah. what else? I'm going to throw one more question on top of the heap. What do you think an instructional designer's job might look like in 2030? I'm thinking it's not going to be. PowerPoint anymore. I think we're going to be watching things like maybe with Google Glass, or it's going to be like just displaying on maybe a pin that's up here on a wall. And it's going to be more immersive than ever.
1: Sure. And, and it is going to that point where you have the, you know, those glasses where everything is <laughs> You're in that virtual world.
0: Oculus. Right. Oculus, yeah.
1: But I don't see me going there because that's not an interest of mine. And so, and I still feel that what I'm doing won't go away either because there's different kinds of learners. Right. Um, some learners can't use that virtual world because they get very sick and dizzy, and it's they can't handle that. So, not everybody could do that, anyways. But to start with your first question of where I see it going, I see the industry growing. And I see the instructional designers using more tools. So I can tell you for a fact that we are currently, where I'm currently working, we're looking at an AI voiceover right now. And there's a really good reason why we're doing that. Because if something needs to be updated. And the person who created the training, because we do currently our own audios, so I'll do my own audio for my training. If I'm sick, or if I'm on vacation, or if I'm not at the company anymore, right, my voice is on that training, and they now have to fix something that's very challenging. So we're looking at an AI uh, voiceover, because they're not as robotic sounding anymore. They used to be very robotic, which is why we didn't use them. But they have been so well fine-tuned that... it. (laughs) It sounds tell. real. No, yeah. You can't. I tell. saw
0: that video. I know what you're talking about where they had Google and they were calling to get a, uh, I think it was a hair appointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. That appointment isn't available. Mm, just a minute. Let me look. Yeah. And they make the sound of like tapping, and mm-hmm. it did it, honest to goodness. Yeah.
1: You are so all right, right. Yeah. So we are looking at things like that. But and I just see the industry growing in other ways. I mean, you still need people to build these robots, maintain these robots, expand on what they can do. So intelligent people are needed still. It's not like you know, people are gonna go away. Mm-hmm. We're still behind the scenes. We're kind of like Oz Behind the Curtain, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, when we are looking at the other sides of what that can be virtual and augmented reality, we talked about that one, but also making it way more experiential. I've not seen this movie called ready player one. Mm -mm. I'm going to have to watch it next weekend. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But they've said that that is really way more of what you could expect, um, immersion, to be like mm-hmm. in a virtual world and there's a lot of discussion about digital twins now and making that work experience or um, your office you make a digital twin so you would know how you're supposed to interact with people inside of that sure. office or replicating a uh, a scene where there's an earthquake and how everybody needs to be able to get out and you can mm-hmm. understand those things or maybe even conflict resolution, which you had mentioned earlier and understanding again,
1: how to handle those scenarios. It's the, it's... the police department is doing that right now, actually. Really? Yeah. The police department currently has a, a program where they are learning how to talk, <laughs> talk people down. Oh, oh gosh. I was and, thinking... it, and it gives them responses too on, on everything, body language, their body language, their tone of voice. It's very cool. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. So all of those are
0: training opportunities. So as an industry, I can see us being able to, you still have to create the script. Yep. You still have to create maybe the voiceover, but if you've got maybe the AI, not. you still have to be able to uh, maybe write the script for mm-hmm. the voiceover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a lot of possibilities there. Oh, and yeah. I'm still going, well, what would it be after that? So that's the part where anything's possible if we yes. think it, right? Kind of like what Walt Disney would say.
1: Absolutely. And I, I feel like it's a better experience, especially for adults um, I, because they can do it on their own time when they need to. Before it was so challenging, if you were a single mom or whatever the case may be to try and get classes in or do whatever, this can all be done in your home, right? So it's so much easier now to, to get education.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just about every business I know has started their own academy. And you mentioned <laughs> some of the tools that you
1: use. Do yeah. they
0: have their own academy set up with like some type of uh, credentials or a certificate?
1: So you're talking about the storyline and the yeah. rise. Okay. So that company articulate that, that you can get a certification um, in that. The
0: what, use of the product. Yeah.
1: yeah of that system, that authoring tool is what we call them. So um, you can get that. There's other ones out there. There's Camtasia. There's there's other versions, but I only use Articulate. That's That seems to be the industry standard, which is where I want to be because that makes me more marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can get certified. Okay. How long is that certification process? Do you know? So it can take only two days if you- Whoa two full days. Um, if you just want to get a short kind of a certification through um, basically organizations. the use
0: of the product.
1: Yep yeah, Just, just to prove that you know how to use it. I mean, it's very encompassing, just like I said, think of PowerPoint, but on some major steroids. So it it's just the, you know, high overview, but then you can take some longer courses that, you know, may take a few weeks or what have you, but there's certificate programs too. Let's not mix them up with getting a BA or something like that, right. which would take you, you know, two years or whatever, but because we are currently in a employee market, so it is now, it's not the employer's world. It is an employee's world. Getting a certificate is going to be enough right now. Oh yeah. So, cause employers are just, they just need what they can get and they'll, they'll take you without a degree. Mm -hmm. which normally that wouldn't happen, right? Normally you'd have to have a degree. Yeah. And
0: typically I've seen two year degrees Uh being enough to satisfy because honestly what I think the future of education is going to look like is um, you you don't have to go to school for four year degrees, except if you want to be like a teacher, a lawyer, somebody in engineering, in healthcare. And I mean like a doctor, even nurses have two year degrees. Yeah. So I mean they can go for a four-year, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's a two-year degree. So anything that has to be a license. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have to have a license for marketing. You don't have to have a license for management. So you can take, you know, hands-on courses, get a lot more internships.
1: Absolutely.
0: And then you should be able to get a job within a couple of years. One of the, the goals that I have in my platform is to make three months equal to one year of experience. Nice. So really accelerating what that learning process is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was able to do that last summer. We did a skill study. I'm just sharing because I thought you like that information. No,
1: too. that's awesome. I mean, we've worked before together and I have had your interns design things and it's just really cool and it gives them experience. And then they got something for their resume and everybody's happy and on we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We
0: did work together for sure. Yeah. yeah. So again, if we're looking at the um, industry, we've talked about it and real quick, I'm going to pull up like a a statistic I found for the um, learning industry. I'm going to say learning industry and 2030, because the amount of it says 10 trillion dollars like that is a lot of money it's saying that the education market for learning 10 mm-hmm. trillion dollars
1: there there are more jobs out there now than there ever was before for the learning and development you know departments so i don't yeah. think you're going to be without a job at all no i i feel like i'm definitely in a position that is Somewhat, I don't want to call it COVID free, but I, I'm resistant to a lot of things because no matter what, people need training. You're always Absolutely. gonna need training. People come in, they're young and they're new, or people are changing jobs, or whatever the case is, there's always going to be training and mm-hmm. always has to be updated, right? Because things are always well, it's technology. And growing. The
0: pace mm-hmm. of technology is moving so fast.
1: Yeah, we need to keep up.
0: Yeah. So with that in mind, um, that's why the value of certificates are there. Yes. But the other thing I think that's uh, really important is having a well-rounded, we're going to go back to the holistic point of view. Um, I think that employees need to be considering how they can help the overall organization Mm So I would say making sure that they understand some business management, some accounting, some customer service to be more conversationally fluent with other departments and allow themselves to be cross-trained. I feel like that's gonna be coming absolutely, very, very soon.
1: And it and it's helpful anyways, because the more you understand, the, it makes your life easier in a company anyways. Cause then you're not like, well, why is this happening? Or well, why is that happening? if you have a better understanding of why things are happening, it's easier to move forward. It's easier to get whatever needs to get done, done. Um, less Mm -hmm. animosities.
0: (laughs) So what do you think the, um, future of your, what is it that you want to be going into as you move forward? Do you have another business you want to start or do you have some uh, different industry you want to try out? What is it that your future holds? Cause you're young. So you're going to be like doing more. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you had 30 years. Like I wouldn't have believed that, but that's mm-hmm. okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, I want to reconnect with my tribe. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am missing that holistic kind of world that I was in and that I had created for myself before. So what I'd like to do is prepare myself my portfolio and get my certificate under my wing and do all those, you know, little things that need to get done and then put myself out there on LinkedIn and, um, see, see what's out there. I mean, there's a lot of great, great companies that are doing things that are bettering people's minds and spirit. And that's what I want to be a part of. What kind of cert? certificate? You mentioned this. So I'm working on a, um, a master's instructional designer certificate. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's
0: a certificate, not a degree. Cause you're yeah. saying a master. I know it
1: said master and we cannot confuse it. It just means I'm, I'm going to be a master instructional designer, meaning I, I reached I gotcha. the skills. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. you're
0: one that uh, it's kind of like train the trainer. You're the one that's teaching others.
1: Right. And I'm actually doing it right now. So where I work, I currently am mentoring anybody new that comes in and I sit with them and go through their first, you know, course that they're doing. Cause you don't want to ever let anybody be on their own. And that helps me with my facilitation side. Cause then it keeps me tweaked with, with that skill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have
0: you ever considered um, looking at the companies? of these tools that you use, the authoring tools. I mean, you said, wait, what's the name of
1: Cap- so, so Captiva uh, or no. So, um, I use articulate articulate. That's the one I'm most familiar with. And that's the one I currently am sticking with. There are others out there, but I don't see myself working for them because that's, that's not, that's not where I'm going. I mean, yes, I use their tool, but I'd rather work with someone like, you know, Deepak Chopra. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, I'd rather work for Chopra um, global, like that's where I'd be or the calm app or, you know, like I'm talking, I want to be working with my tribe. Gotcha. So You know, calm is out of Germany, I believe. (laughs) I'm not sure. I didn't know that. One
0: of my interns uh, interned with that company, a previous intern. And he was telling me that's where his internship was. And he said they're out of Germany. Hmm. Now he was here in the United States and his internship was here, but I found that interesting that he was able to uh, find a company globally that he could work with. And it was definitely something he was very, very interested in. Usually one of the things I tell people um, is look at all of the products you use and go look at their career page. Yes. And that's your best way to find a job because you're already going to know the product.
1: Yes. And I think for me, going back to that word Mm explorer, I can bring that back in again because with what I'm doing, I don't need to be anywhere. I don't need to be in an office, right? Mm -hmm. If I want to go rent an Airbnb for a month, I can still do my job during the day, but then I'll have my nights and weekends to explore wherever I'm at, Italy, I don't know, Australia. Like I should be able to take my skill, work Wherever I want, I could freelance, but I, I don't want to go down that path yet. I I'm know, gonna tell I, you. I, I know I'm entrepreneurial, but I don't want to go down that path
0: just yet. <laughs> so one of the companies that at one point in time i I applied to work with them, it's called Remote year. But you know these are the types of companies where um, a person, you know, something not an employee, you pay a fee and they set it up so that every month you're in a different country. Wow. And they put uh, together a, it's kind of like a travel tour, honestly. They give you a place to stay. They give you a co working space where you have good Wi Fi. They set up, you know, enjoyment trips that you mm-hmm. can go and see the country. Um, nice. I think some of it comes with uh, like food and then, you know, there's just a bunch of activities. Anyway, you can drop in at any point in time. Um, but I looked at their website and I'm pulling it up now just for the heck of it. <laughs> they uh, have uh, an employment page. And I usually tell this to a lot of students because they find it very interesting, but yep, it's at the bottom of the page. So remote year, go look at it because you get paid to travel the world and you know you can you don't have to pay to be on the trip either right so i'm just going to throw that one out there but they have different places are you bilingual by chance
1: i wish hmm. <laughs> so
0: you can choose any location that you want um, worldwide is the one that's obviously the easiest one but they have different types of uh, opportunities there is a talent a talent lead um, available just so you know, full-time in case you're interested and you could work remotely and they would, it should be anywhere in the world. See,
1: that's that, that would be my dream job right there. Work mm-hmm. wherever I want. Yeah. And- you'd
0: be the explorer. You're testing everything. Else. I'll still produce work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're managing all your people just like what you're doing now. So I'm just telling you talent lead remote year. Remember that one. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what is the best mentoring advice that you want to pass on
1: to our listeners? I would say never stop learning. I Mm. mean, never, never stop learning. Whatever industry you choose or wherever you want to go, keep gaining more information within that industry. And honestly, you will be in the right profession if you would be willing to do it without pay. If you're willing to do your job without getting paid, then you know, you're doing the right thing. Oh yeah. And you should just get enjoyment from that because that's what work should be. Right. Yeah. So I would say never stop learning. Don't lag behind, you know, don't get complacent. Just, Learn, learn, and keep learning. Mm, that's good advice for
0: sure. No matter how old you are, even if you retire, you should always keep learning. Of course, because you have a phone, and there's always going to be updates. So, well,
1: and you also want to keep your brain active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, holistic. We're going back to that word. <laughs> so, how can our listeners contact you? So, um, because I am a little bit still redefining myself uh, a little bit. I'm just going to use LinkedIn right now as my way of contact. So um, that's linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash Ellis and Larry Frank smart S M A R T. And then I'll put any updates and things on LinkedIn as I continue reinventing myself.
0: Very nice. <laughs> well, Brigida, I want to tell you, thank you so much. It's just been delightful having you as a guest on the show. Thank you. It's been my pleasure too. And this is going to be airing just so you know, we're in the end of May here, but this will be airing in July. So there's okay. plenty of time for you to get that website, <laughs> you know, finalized and all of that good stuff. Wonderful. I think maybe not end of July. I think it's middle of July. All right. So you'll be able to um, find that and we'll let you know when this episode is going to air.
1: Fantastic. I look forward to it.
0: Well, Thank you again. I want to thank our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our production team and our video interns, Christian Flowers and Daniel Conti. Our music is by Sophie Lloyd. Remember, visit www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while skilling your people for the future of work. Thank you for supporting our show and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast channels.